What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blind Pet Sports. I'm Emmett Douglas, the host of this fro- program. Follow me on Twitter at EmmettNosey04. And we have a very special guest today, uh, Fox Sports Radio update guy. He calls tennis. He does a UCLA show. He does an On to Something podcast. An all-around, you know, go-getter in the sports media. Brian Fenley at Brian Kawhi Fenley on Twitter joins us. Brian, thanks for joining me. Emmett, thank you for having me, man. I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, so this interview, we're going to dive into Brian's story because he does that and people don't get to do that to him. And then we're going to ask a couple sports questions. So, Brian, first of all, explain to me where or how you got to where you are now. Like, give me your, you know, your college, you know, so the jobs you've gone through, ultimately how it's led to being at Fox Sports Radio and the UCLA gig and the tennis gigs. Just give me your story. Well, I appreciate you asking, Emmett. You know, we see these things that I get to do, and underneath the surface, it really is a challenge. It really is a grind, and nothing has come easy. And so, for those who say, oh, that's cool that you get to do that, there's so much work and time that goes into trying to make these things happen that isn't noticed behind the scenes. And just to be able to give people perspective on what that is like is what I'm looking at here, and really cool to, to have this platform here with you, Emmett. So as far as college, I started college in North Carolina, not at UNC Chapel Hill, but one of the other schools there in Greensboro. I started out doing student radio. I had an electronic music DJ Saturday Saturday night show. I I loved it. So I did a four to seven on Saturday. It was sort of like, you know, when you think about all the college kids, they're getting ready to go out on Saturday night and, and party. We were kind of like the pregame, like we wanted people to tune in, get hyped, you know, play some good beats. And so we had some fun. And then I started doing internships at local TV stations in the area. And I realized, you know, this is something that was pretty cool. And I wanted to see if I could make this happen. And so I got a job as a sports producer in North Carolina, where I would basically write copy for the TV anchors. I would shoot stuff like high school sports, college sports. I would go back in the edit bay and I would put together highlights. So if you saw like a Wake Forest basketball highlight, I would have like shot that or edited it or Duke, you know, what what people love NASCAR. So anyway, I, I wasn't on air there, but they gave me the opportunity to when they were not on air for me to go on the desk like any other anchor and practice. So I put together a reel and I started to throw that out there, see what people thought. I got a couple nibbles. One I was think I saw that on your YouTube page, actually, uh, from a long time ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh, you know, one of these days, Emmett, I am going to dig up some of the old, like my first clips. Oh. So you can hear me and how bad I sound. Like That's going to be interesting. I can't, oh, I can't wait. Oh, my God. It's, it's hilarious, you know, like, because there's nothing better than just doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it when it comes to this business. And I know that product probably is effective for anything, but you, this is the business of all businesses, Emmett, where you can study it, you can go to classes, you can learn from professors, they can give you all this great insight, but until you churn out the content like you're doing right now, that is the best way to get better. Because there's a comfortable, a comfortable, comfortable, if I could speak, comfort level with that. Let's <laughs> that go reminds with that. you of the Ryan Bershinger drop with the, uh, the <laughs> UFC fighter. 
<laughs> that just came to my head right then and there, man. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. There's so many great drops from Bershinger. Oh my gosh. That the so, drops are on the later list of questions. Trust me. Yeah. You know what I heard? Emmett is they played my, my daddy drop on, I don't know if you were listening because it was pretty early in the morning, but uh, to, Oh yeah. I listened to the podcast on getting ready in the morning. Yeah. Uh, oh, you were. Yeah. I don't know how it, somebody, somebody let me know on Twitter that it was said, I don't know how it was used in what context, but apparently oh. your yeah, drops, you know? man. Uh, I don't know about that one specifically. I've heard it all over the network. Like someone will talk <laughs> about dad and then it's usually a, Tysher, Sam, or Perfett, who will play the daddy. Those are the three guys who do it. Uh, I haven't really heard it out of Ramos, but and Roberto too. Roberto loves your drops. Roberto likes to play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, but I did local television for a while. And honestly, man, it, it wasn't really for me. The, the local television eventually, you know, I did some anchoring in, in Spokane, Washington. So I wasn't too far away from you, actually. I worked for Creme 2, which is the season. You were there for two years, right? Yeah, I was there for two years. And I would cover, man, I used to drive down to the Palouse, cover Washington State football. That was right when Mike Leach got started. And it was kind of bumpy early couple of years for him there. But it was fun to listen to those press conferences. And I'm sure I met you know, Mike Leach, his press conferences, they, they are <laughs> They're unlike anything and, oh, yeah. no expect, and you never know where they're going to go and what, what tangent he is going to get talking on. And then all of a sudden we're not talking anything to do with football. So, you know, that, that so, kind of reminds me of Jerry Jones a little bit. Where... Yeah. yeah, it does, because I think football coaches, they get sick of the monotony of let's let's talk X's and O's. Like you, they know that every week a reporter is going to ask them, well, talk about the challenges of your upcoming opponent. It's like. You, you know what's coming. It's it's the same thing every every week. And one of the, the important things that I like to take pride in Emmett, and I know you you do as well, is like because there's so and I know Ben point Ben Maller points this out all the time, is that there's so much cliche ver, verbiage and you know speak in sports broadcasting. And that can be phrases that are said, that can be questions that are asked. And I think Ben does a great job of, of pointing that out and why that's not good. And one of the things I like to do with interviewing is to make sure that I'm not throwing out cliche questions. And, and even when interviewing athletes or coaches, because I think that if you give them something different, they're more willing to give you a better response. And that's not sugar-coated. That's, that's not something that is cookie cutter. And that's where you can get more eyes and attention is when you get interesting answers and, and then more and more people will, will look at you and want to latch onto what you're doing because you're different. And it's all about being different and creating that brand, as you know. Yeah, I completely agree with that there. And, you know, there's a lot of different people in the sports media that have like their different trademarks, like, you know, people like Rob Parker or Skip Bayless, uh, sure. everyone's different in their own way, kind of. Explain to me, this kind of just came up here, your, uh, your favorite trait about you. What makes you you? I would think, Emmett, my favorite trait is that I'm just getting started. Now, I, I think that persistence is key. For me, it's been big. It honestly took me years to get inside the door at Fox Sports Radio. But I, I never, I thought to myself, long-term picture here. Because, you know, people... Here's the problem with people have in it is when they're looking for jobs in sports, 
they, they, they go to people and they reach out and they ask them what's open. And you're more, you're probably, especially if you don't know somebody and you're reaching out blindly like that and you don't know the person on the other end, your success rate is pretty slim. And even if you get a no, a lot of people sort of say, okay, and they kind of give up. There's such a power to following up with people. And so what happened was at Fox Sports Radio, I had emailed Dan Beyer and, and gotten to know the guys there. Dan Beyer's a legend, by the way. Dan Beyer's a legend. He's an awesome guy. Scott Shapiro's a great guy. And I knew that there was nothing open. I even I even talked with uh, Mike Lingard, who you know, who was behind the scenes there, Big Mike. Oh, yeah, he uh, that was a guy who uh, messed up Ben's audio in the fifth hour, and he got so much heat for it. I think it was worse than gag on, man. It was crazy. I kind of felt bad for the dude. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, so basically at separate times, I spaced it out where I wanted to just, like, allow them to put a face to the name. So, like, I drove up on my own volition to the Sherman Oak Studios, you know, knowing that there was no opportunity. And I just said, hey, I just want you to put a face to the name. My name is Brian. This is what I do. Love what you guys do. So I met Dan, got to meet Scott, met Mike. And honestly, Emmett, it was, it was a couple years. And then I was literally give, I was literally on the brink of giving up. My sister was about to get married and I'm just like, what am I doing with myself here? Like, where's this, where's this going? And I was getting really down and I've had this happen a couple of times when my career feels like it's going down in the dumps. There's some little sign. I, I don't know, you know, if you're spiritual or not, but whether it's, you know, my, my father or, or whatever, just telling you not to give up. So like, I got an email from Dan right when I was at one of my lowest stages and I was like, I was about to give up. I'm like, what am I going to do? You know, this is just, I, I can't continue this. So Dan reached out and said, Hey, we have an opportunity here. And would you be interested? So they kind of gave me a test run for a couple of weeks. When I got back from my sister's wedding, they liked what I was doing and they brought me on. And I'm forever grateful. You know, I, I've learned a lot. And I think my best trait is my persistence because, you know, it's, it's taken a while. And I think that we're just getting started here. I'm starting to finally figure out. And, and that's the thing too, Emmett, is like, when I first got in this business, you, you, at least for me and a lot of people, you try to be somebody else. So like yep. my biggest idol growing up, right when I was an anchor in Spokane, I wanted to be Neil Everett. I mean, I love Neil Everett. He's been a mentor to me. He's been really nice and gracious with his time and, and has been able to, you know, give me great advice. And we've met in person. And I, I realized over time, and this happens with opportunities and reps, that people just want to see ultimately you and authentic you. And they can look through some sort of, you know, fakeness that you put out there. So, yeah, to, to, a long version of your question would be persistence. Hey, man, I, I really like the long question. I mean, it brings more of the interview and people get to hear, hear more about you. Um, I'll ask a question about your first shift at Fox Sports Radio. When you drove in there, when you're about to do that first report, what was it like? What were your emotions? How did you feel? And what were you reporting on, if you remember? Well, I do remember the first time I went in there, I think I was with Dan. And I believe it was sometime between his slot when he does anchoring between noon and four on a weekday. And I think he started me out with doing the 15 and 45 updates. 
And then he saw how I did there. And then the whole thing too was, Emmett is when you, when they don't do this anymore for the top of the hour updates, but there used to be, you had to record it and then you had to send it off to iHeart and they had their own update. So the whole- Oh yeah, I, I remember that like looking at the iHeart podcast and seeing that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they they don't do that anymore with the iHeart. We don't have to send those at the top of the hour. But I, I do remember it was sort of like him showing me how to edit on their software and where things go. So it wasn't, you know, the, the, the sexiest of first days. This was sort of like, okay, this is how it works. This is where you send that audio clip to. And then this is how I do my thing. So I was basically studying everything he did, sort of like a sponge that first day. But I just felt this overwhelming you know, sense of just being grateful because I think that when people have it hard and, and look, I love Jonas so much and he's talked a bit open about his story. Oh, I love his story, man. That is so inspirational. Like the one that you did. Yeah, that was it, it was crazy just here how like from the bottom that dude was, you know, working like four jobs, producing in the morning, you know, secure, doing security for his brother's bar. And just, yeah. he seemed happy. He seemed like he loved to do it. And I think that's pretty cool. And I could tell you kind of have the same like mentality as Jonas. Cause I mean, a lot of people would give up and you're, you know, working the weekend overnights, you know, you have all these a- athletic jobs that, you know, you do, you do the interviews just for fun, which I, I think is really cool, man. Yeah, the, the interviews are really a fun thing, a fun outlet for me to storytell, build the brand, get to meet people, and like you said, expand that social media platform. But yeah, I mean, I look up to Jonas a lot. I am motivated and inspired by his story. I have different adversities that I've dealt with that are different than Jonas, uh, even outside of the business. But those are like, like Jonas says, you know, and like I'll always go back to it's those adversities that we dealt with, even in our personal life that force us to want to fight, you know, fight for our dreams, fight for those who are looking up to us. We don't want to disappoint them. We don't want to let them down. And it's so important, Emmett, even when things are not going right, to have a support system. So like somebody in your corner, like a parent or family member of any sort, a close friend that believes in you and says, okay, I know things are going right right now, but you have talent, stay with it. Your persistence and patience will eventually pay off because there are times when if you don't have that person, you give up. And there are a lot of people that you never know where they would have been or, or how far they would have gone because they didn't have that support system to say, hey, stay with this. And that's what you really need, especially when times are are dark and you're, you're looking to just keep, keep pushing. It's important to have that person in your life. Yeah, man. I, I do believe that. And I think, you know, people don't have that are at a severe disadvantage and let's go to, you know, some more Fox sports radio stuff. Let's go to drops. We were talking about Ryan Bershinger <laughs> earlier and uh, what is your favorite drop of yourself? That's a great, my favorite drop of myself. Well, it's either daddy <laughs> because it's so funny. It, I, I love that draw. It's so funny. You know, people like, and, and I love Ty shirt. Ty shirt's so good. Oh, I love Ty shirt. He's yeah. His music, his drops, mm. the legend. You need he's to bring him on yours or I'll, I'll yeah, no, no, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Because he, he's so good at sorting through what is being said on the air and then finding drops. 
That's what so, happens when you don't like sports, I guess. I mean, yeah, mind yeah, the drops. <laughs> <laughs> so daddy or hey, and I think those are those are fun. You know, there's the, the one where I think I said some, you know, vomit or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and it was interesting because there was that story you might have heard Emmett on, I think it was Saturday night, where Anthony Davis, and as we record this in, in early November, but Anthony Davis vomited four times before a game and he couldn't play oh yeah it was it. like stomach uh he yeah, was much more like a stomach thing and he ended yeah. up not playing yeah yeah but you know there, there's so many or, or when i butchered the name uh you know chuba hubbard the the running back for the, the now pictures <laughs> yeah yeah chuba hubbard or whatever i said that was, that was chris right or was that alex I think that was roberto he, he was the one that found that yeah because i think that was on maller it was overnight and I was like, you know, because you get to the end of some of these updates and you're trying to squeeze in as much as possible. And I said it too fast and it didn't come out right. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, my, my favorite drops from you are the awkward laugh that Ben tro- trolled oh, you with oh, and Roberto <laughs> put that one in. I like the daddy. I like the hay. Yeah. And let's go over to a guy who you work with Sunday mornings. He's known mm-hmm. as your radio dad and he's an absolute <laughs> legend. Andy Furman. All right. I'm going to ask you about his drop. Then I'm going to ask you a couple more questions about him. What is your favorite Andy Furman drops? Because there are some crazy ones that yeah, uh, yeah. Jonas put in the system back in the day. Oh, my God. Yeah. There's so I mean, many of them. They're all great. And I'll, yeah, I'll tell you a quick I mean, story from a couple of years ago before you worked there. Um, yeah, go for it. There is this producer, uh, Bob Desmati, and he, he worked on Andy's show. He did the bottom barrel betting, you know, all that okay. kind of like Nick or Bo or Vince or, you know, Ricky, whoever's in there does now and andy with names sometimes and (laughs) (laughs) this is iowa sam who ruled this it got played until dawes left the network for jim rome and he said robert donzani the guy's name was desmati that one's funny (laughs) i like the uh the super out of context like i like i need me like a mature man or something or i like it (laughs) those are are some funny ones chris p plays those all the time yeah 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 yeah. those are some of my favorites what about yours I honestly, I mean, I'll go with the ones you just said right there, but I think the, the, the most, the, the funniest thing about Andy are some of his takes. <laughs> and I'm like, Andy, are you seriously saying this? Like, there's no way that you believe this. Like, and there's a couple that, you know, we always go to about, he, he honestly thought, and I don't, I, I think he's being honest about Julian Edelman being the quarterback for the Patriots after Tom Brady or that, or that the next, the next NBA team is going to be in Louisville, Kentucky. Like, like are you kidding me? And the, another one was he thought that, and this is an interesting take, and I, I don't see this happening anytime soon, but that all sports will be co-ed in college. So like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 that's a tough one because, you know, I don't, I don't know what that's going to look like in the future, but I thought oh, that yeah. was so yeah, but he's had a lot of off-the-wall takes, but that's what makes Andy anti. And I think that he and Brian No do such a great job because Brian No is able to point out he's kind of like that bringing it back to reality here. That's what Brian No plays. And then, and then Andy is this, this like agitated dad who throws these zany ideas out there. And it just, it makes for good radio. I think it's very entertaining. It kind of reminds me of uh, Sunday nights, 8 to 11, Arnie and Plank with, you know, or, yeah. you know, his, his crazy takes. We got Bobo who <laughs> yeah. cusses him out every week. It seems like, and Chris Plank <laughs> and who just are on him. Uh, and Brian, no, his, some of his food takes, man, I have to say like, oh. uh, some of those are just like the, the Velveeta cheese on your tacos. Like 
Come on, Ugh. dude. And, and he lived in California. That's the worst part. Like, it's not like he, you know, was some guy from the East Coast. You didn't experience it. He was an L.A. guy for a little bit when he was, you know, at Fox Sports Radio. So I, that, that take gets to me. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing about candy corn, he brought up that thing about candy corn. Oh, right? don't get me started because I, yeah. I actually like candy corn. Don't, dude, I, he, yeah, I, I'm with him on that one. But like a lot of them, I think he said bagels suck. Didn't he say that on Twitter? He might have. I'm sure, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Yeah. <laughs> but, he, you know, overall, he's a good dude with the sports takes. Um, What's your favorite moment working with Andy Furman, Brian? No. Oh my gosh. I, I just love engaging them at the bottom of the, like a bottom of the hour. So I like to take like a subtle, a subtle jab at Andy, sort of like something about, I don't know, something about his, his Cincinnati. Yeah. Something about his Cincinnati team or, or, or a take or, you know, like wishing him happy Father's Day. On- <laughs> you did that on Twitter earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like on November 1st or something like that. And and just finding a way, you know, to, to make fun of him. Like, you know, his home life. What does he do at home? <laughs> you know, just something about that. Because it's all out of love. It's, it's all out of love because, I you know, I love Andy and, and Brian, of course, so much. But anytime that I can have a little fun, sort of like a little, a little elbow to – at the bottom of the hour to Andy Furman at any time. And sometimes like he, what did he say that one time Emmett, he, there was a, there was a drop where he was like, I'll smack you from today to tomorrow or something. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So, so whenever, <laughs> yeah. So something like that, that's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, anything, and, anything during that time. Yeah. That your show, uh, the Andy Furman, no show, you know, Fox football Sunday, that's a good show. And, you know, the drops that Perfet plays, he kind of, uh, I know Chris got trained by Alex back in the day, so he kind of has the same style and it adds, sure. it adds just, you know, a lot of people are anti-drop. I am pro-drop hundred percent. Big time. Like, Big time dr- drops make the radio. And mm-hmm. uh, let's go to, you know, some of your haters, like uh, Justin in Cincinnati. Um, <laughs> w- what was your favorite moment from trolling one of your haters? Well, you know, I, I never really block anybody. I think there's only one person, maybe two, one, one person I've had to block. <laughs> and other than that, it's just like, I, I don't, you know, I guess sometimes you meet people at times. But honestly, I think, I think Justin in Cincinnati is, He likes you. He, he's he like closeted. He <laughs> he is. Yeah, but, but there's a the thing is like a lot of the, a lot of the people in the, in the non-militia, they feel like they have to be gruff. They feel like they have to be abrasive, but deep down, I think they're teddy bears. And oh yeah, they're, hope, they're all nice people, man. I'm in the militia. Yeah. Great bunch of people. There's some of them that, you know, are, are like, dude, what are you doing? But most of them are really cool, you know, genuine people. And, you know, I met a couple friends, especially Mason, the millennial and the militia. Yeah. He's a great guy. You know, blind Scott's crazy, but he's funny. I mean, <laughs> he's so funny. <laughs> I, you know, he, he is so funny. Yeah, there's so many great guys in the militia, man, and they're all you know, like Angry Bill. Yeah, Angry Bill, the Dixter, who last night Whoa. I was listening to uh, Cavino and Rich, and okay. he called in. Oh wow! And, and no, it's funny. He's like, "So, uh, what's up, Cavino? Rich, I want to say, hangs up the phone." And then Danny G, you know, he's back there producing, so he's like, yeah. "Call back, N- nothing." <laughs> and this is, I believe, you know, because I will listen to Cavino and Rich in the Sunday night game, you know, kind of at once. 
And this is like the second or the third time I believe Dick has done this. It's it, it's hilarious. And if this never happens on Ben's show, I mean, I just, I just had to go off on that little uh, sidekick there. Well, I, I, Dick and Hayden always has these interesting takes. Like he'll talk about the Cincinnati Reds and he'll be like, you know, Ben, yeah, I, I just I think they're going to be good this year. You know, if they, <laughs> score more runs, if they score more runs than the other team, they're going to start winning some ball games. I'm like, wow, what a team. <laughs> Whoa, really? <laughs> So, uh, so we're going to uh, dive into a couple of uh, the Fox Sports, more Fox Sports radio questions. I'm going to give ask you a couple sports takes. Why not? Right. OK, um, working working with Ben Maurer. Um, I remember, you know, I've been prepping for this interview a while and I've been, you know, kind of going back, doing research. The first time you filled in for Ben was Thanksgiving of, I, I believe, 18. And he was, you know, doing his thing. I think, he, you yeah. know. How he's he? Oh, I really like this Finley guy, you know, TV guy, whatever. When you're telling him this story, yeah. And what do you think brought the relationship of you and Ben from you know him being all nice to you know you guys just giving each other crap on the radio, making good radio? So yeah, that's an interesting point. I think I, I think I have a lot of influence. Uh, um, for, I take a lot of influence from Ben. I think I, me too. I, honestly, I think he's so talented, and you know, well, all time goats. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean. I don't care how big his ego is because he'll get bigger <laughs> when he hears this, but he is such a talent. He's so if he's listening. <laughs> I hope he, yeah. I mean, what, what I love about him, Emmett, is just how big, how great he is with words. I, I love words as an art form. And yep. how you, so you him and Mike Harmon are the three guys that come to my mind for yes. words. Yeah, Mike Harmon is amazing. He's so good. Mike Harmon has such a great grasp of the English language. And so that's a really great example Emmett. Even Looney back in the day too. Looney, back when Looney, I was younger. Yes, I love Looney. Yes. That guy's updates fly from La La Land. I'm Tom Looney. Oh yeah, and yeah. Even K Fig jumps into my head too. And just sure, the way you guys craft the updates. Ilo's another guy. The way you know you guys put your humor. You know Ilo's humor or you know your humor, yeah. your words into the update. Just that that that's what makes it. And yeah, back back on the Ben. Yeah, exactly. So as far as Ben, I. I think his his obviously influence rubbed off on me. And I think we we've realized that like there's a line like where we we poke fun at each other, but I think that there's a line where you gotta be like, okay, you know, where does it go too far? And I think that at this point we found where that middle ground is because I I've always wanted him to know how much I look up to him and, and how much I enjoy his work. And I just think he's so good as far as his takes and, and the rapport he has with the callers like yourself. And he's just Merida, so fun. Coop. Yeah. And there's just such a, and he's so good at ad-libbing too. Like I know he's so well-researched and he's take, he takes that really seriously, but when things don't go well, he makes fun of a situation. And I think that humor is the best medicine for that. So no matter what, I think I kind of learned from how he was, from how he dealt with the callers, and I kind of want to give it back to him. And so we do a little bit of that as far as, you know, playful jar or jabs. But to this point, no matter what, no matter what it sounds like, it's mad respect for him at, oh. at the bottom of everything. And, uh, you know, the way Ben is, he's not going to admit he's wrong. He's not going to admit anything. <laughs> and you know he has a deep respect for you. I mean, because – you know, when Ralph is in, I mean, it, he, he doesn't do this. I mean, the Sager, they just talk about baseball. Um, and here's another Maller question. 
what is your favorite argument that you've you know had on the radio? It could be Coop and Ben, Roberto, Ben. I mean, whoever. I mean, Ben in a collar. What's your favorite one? Oh gosh, mine was uh, you know, anywhere this year when Coop. I, I jumped in on some of these because they were so good. When Coop would argue with Ben over the Lakers championship, those because it would genuinely get heated. They Coop and triggered Coop is hilarious. I remember calling in one night, the day the Lakers got eliminated, and I'm you know he answers his phone and Coop's not the most like social guy on the phone, but you know I'll say what's up to him and I tell him you know hey you, you're Lakers man doesn't say anything throws the phone on hold and I'm on hold. <laughs> But so what's your favorite argument? There was something they were talking about. This was a Coop versus Ben argument. And it was something it was, and this got really, really heated. And, and this is one of those triggering moments for Coop. And it, the discussion revolved around whether athletes should announce that they're doing charitable stuff or that they should just do it. You know, like when you have a celebrity and they're doing good stuff in the community. And Ben's point was, why do they need to announce that? Like, what, what, like, if it really matters to you, it shouldn't be about you and you posting. But then Coop was like, well, if you post and you know, you, you, you announce it, then you're going to get more people involved in, and, and something revolved around Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And I think brother. you, uh, in your yeah. Justin Cooper interview, you talked about this and yeah, exactly. I was trying to, cause that, that to me was hilarious. I had never seen Coop so adamant about it at a point in both <laughs> Coop and Ben were stuck in their, in their foxholes and they were not going to budge either one. Yeah. Um, there, there's some pretty um, funny arguments. I mean, when Chris and Houston calls up, those are always good. Oh, and, you yes. know, because of cheating Astros. And I know Chris, yeah. he's one of those guys who I think likes you and he, he acts like he doesn't, you know, tough guy on the exactly. radio. We have some fun. Yeah, we have some fun. Because he um, likes to, when he calls in, he likes to, to, to sense, say something to me. Exactly. So why don't we do, ask this? Uh, of all the guys at Fox Sports Radio or in your career, give me a couple guys who've had the biggest impact on helping you do something. Wow, that's a great question. I don't want to leave anybody out. So I want people to know that even if I note a couple, there are so many more that deserve my ultimate gratitude and thanks. But I, I got to go when you start at FSR. First and foremost, Dan Beyer, you know, Dan Beyer took a chance on me, gave me the opportunity to be at FSR. And, you know, I was really hungry about being there and he's believed in me and I, I can't think of enough. Because if it weren't for him, I wouldn't be there. And the fact that he had the confidence in me and he believed in me enough to bring me on was, was the best thing to ever happen. I've, I've met so many great people in that building. Obviously, the, the shows that I work on and, and we've talked about some of the names, they, they've been, you know, so awesome. And the producers as well, you know, from Bo Love Bo to, to Bursch and, and the list goes on, Rob G and whoever's in when I'm working. I, I've never been in a situation where it just feels, it's such a great environment. Like I've worked in local television, Emmett, and it's just, you can feel the tension. And I just don't feel the tension at FSR. I don't, I, 
I generally like everybody from the editors, Andre, who's editing and all those that, that grind and, and don't get the recognition they deserve. Everybody has been, you know, a lot of fun. You know, Jason Martin is a great guy. I, I look up to him. I think he's such a great order, order on the radio. I've obviously worked with him a lot and, you know, from, and it's different styles, you know, from, from, from Bernie and, you know, he does great work on the gambling space and in his takes to, to the enthusiasm of Andy Furman to the hot takes from Ben Maller. But I will say on top of Dan Byer, somebody who has gone out of his way, even before I was at FSR, Rob Parker. Rob Parker deserves a lot of love. Oh, Rob Parker, one of the, um, from wife, you know, hearing other people's stories and, you know, Martin Weiss is a good one. He's helped him out a lot. And Rob Parker is one of those guys in the media. I love Rob, one of my favorite hosts. Great dude, funny dude, helpful dude, you know, nothing wrong with that dude. And he, he one of the best guys in the business for helping. Yeah. So like before I had even gotten into the door at FSR, I'm this, and I'm not like, I'm not, I'm still this, this nobody, but like when I was even before FSR, I reached out to him. I didn't know if he was going to respond to my email. I think we had connected on LinkedIn or something and he agrees to meet for me with me at, for coffee in LA. And just like, for a guy like that, who's that busy and he's got so many things going on from some peon like myself, I mean, that meant a lot. That really did. So I hold Rob Parker in such high esteem for how much he wants to give back. And it's just, it's so powerful what he does and, and how many people it's sort of like you think about a coaching tree in the NFL, Rob Parker has quite a vast mentor tree and he's got a lot to be proud about as far as how many people he's uplifted and and help elevate their careers yeah rob parker one of the one of the all-time greats man like him and ben mauer come to mind on the network fox with a better lineups out there i'm gonna ask you uh there i'm gonna ask you if you remember this i remember one time back when you're kind of newer to the company you know mm -hmm. you were on the updates it was an odd couple obviously and rob parker was you know doing his thing and he was announcing the crew. He's like, you know, Rob G, Alex, or whoever's on the board, because, you know, Alex likes to take time off to big time CB, as he says. Um, <laughs> and uh, he, got, he comes to you, and he's talking about how I went out to lunch with you. And then he's like, Brian Feenley is on the update. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember <laughs> and, that. And I'm like, and, you know, Chris, I think, you know, Rob jumped in, Rob G, and he's like, you went out to lunch with the guy, and you came and say his last <laughs> name correct. <laughs> There, there's just some Rob Parker moments, man. I absolutely just love like when um, he got a whole thing, a Splenda, like a, a whole enormous amount of Splenda because a restaurant didn't have Splenda and it was on his What's My Beef Friday. Oh, my gosh. That one was another one. He got I believe he got free wings a couple weeks ago for not having like flats or something. at well, the B-dubs. I mean, there's some great Rob Parker moments. Um you know, just because it's a, more of a sports podcast, I want to get some of your sports takes in. Um, you're sitting in for Tim Cates on November 13th. Yeah. Uh, Tim Cates, well, the, you know, better local radio guys. Um, and that's UCLA, Colorado. Why don't you give me your thoughts, preview that game? Yeah. Take as well, much time as you need to. 
Oh, I appreciate it, Emmett. So yeah, I'm very, very grateful that, that Tim reached out to me via email. Yeah, and so I'll get to do the, the pre... So they have like, Learfield does the broadcast and they have their own pre and post game show that's sort of like right up against the sandwich between the game. And then there's the pregame show before that. And then there's a post-game show after their post-game show, which is where you get to take calls. So I get to do, the, I'm very grateful. I get to be the in the Burbank studios and do the call taking. So I get to hear UCLA fans, hopefully a win. And so it'll be a little bit more fun to chat. And then the, the pregame as well. But as far as the matchup, Colorado is a team that is starting to wake up. They got a big win against Oregon State last weekend. And their quarterback. Oh, yeah, I saw you talk about it on Twitter and. Yeah, I have another question about that. Yeah, uh, so yeah, go for it. Or, or, or yeah. uh, uh, we're going to you know, kind of backtrack to this Oregon State Colorado game real quick. You were saying how or, uh, the the Beavers need to fix their defense, you know, stop the run. What do you think would be the biggest factor in helping them do that? Well, I think they did something. They yesterday on Sunday, November seventh, as we we taped this on November eighth, they fired their defense coordinator. Tim Tibisar. So yeah, it was in the middle of your, uh, you're on another interview and that <laughs> yes. did happen. Yes. <laughs> so like, that's a big move. So they knew that like, look, when you've made progress, you want to hold on to that progress. And I don't think you want that to deteriorate. And so if you're Jonathan Smith, the head coach there, you got to keep this ship moving in the right direction. And so I, I think that they're going to get a win this weekend against Stanford. Stanford's got so many injuries and they're just having a really hard time on the defensive side of the ball. But yeah, I mean, I think that that is going to be a big difference for them is, is seeing what the shakeup at the DC is. I think Trent Bray is going to step in. He's been dealing with the linebackers, so he's going to have a bigger role. He's young. He's only 39. And I've also heard that he's really good with connecting with players and guys love him. He recruits well. So, you know, maybe it's just a, a simple little change of environment, a different vision. But this team, I thought, could win 10 games, Oregon State. And they're not going to do that necessarily at this point because they've lost a couple that they should have won. But I do still think that they have the ability to, to finish strong. Their running game is one of the best in the country. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll say that because their offensive line is really good. And it's just on the defensive end. That's where things have gone awry for them, especially stopping the run. They gave up way too many yards against Colorado, which takes us back to the Colorado UCLA game this weekend. Good segue, Colorado, I was just going to ask you about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, the thing about Colorado is that their quarterback, Brandon Lewis, he's really young. And you could tell at the beginning of the season that they were really taking it easy on him, like really not trying too many challenging schemes with them they were just trying to get him to to make completions and to build up confidence but what the game against Oregon State proved to me is that Brandon Lewis Brendan Lewis is really getting confidence as a thrower and that is dangerous because if you generally that Colorado offense this year has been one-dimensional it's just been you know, try to keep the, the 10 yard completions in front of you and, and try to stop the run. There wasn't as big of a threat from Lewis in a, in a throwing perspective, but he's starting to scare me, Emmett, because he's starting to throw it around the field. He had, yeah, three touchdown tosses against Oregon State. So, yeah, the 36 34 win. So, yeah, yeah. And the crazy thing about that game was that to get it to overtime, Oregon State made a 60 yard field goal. I'm <laughs> That's some Justin Tucker type stuff right there. Yeah. That is, yeah, yeah, insane. So, so what I'm most concerned about going into that UCLA Colorado matchup is 
is the Bruins' pass defense. And that's been a sore spot. They've been talking about that a lot. But the, they've got to be able to, to cut down on the, the big explosive plays on offense and specifically do a better job of hunkering down on the perimeter. I think too many times you'll get a playmaker in space if, and they'll cut it upfield for 15 to 20 yards. And I think UCLA has to do a better job on those bubble screens in, in trying to limit, limit those, those yardages. And I think that too many times we can't get off the field on third downs. And I know that's a cliche thing to say, but all those things I think are going to play into this game on Saturday, which I'm really looking forward to watching. Yeah, uh, I'm actually going to probably tune into uh, your show, you know, here you're filling for Tim and, yeah. you know, while I watch the game, it's going to be a good time. Um, I know you said 30 minutes, we're going over that, but I just, can I ask a couple more questions? Of course, man. Yeah, 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 for sure. All right. Um, my first one here is um, just, you said you didn't talk, uh, think too much about this. I'm just going to get your input on it anyway. What are your, hmm, from week nine is, you know, the greats Covino and Rich would say, you know, week nine in the NFL was a crazy one. I mean. What were your thoughts from, you know, what you've seen? Because I was a little busy, too. I didn't see much, but I have some thoughts. What were yours? Well, I think that the one thing I'll point out was I can't believe that the Rams lost. On, oh, that was such the- a – I yeah, you're right. I was, you know, watching that game, listening to uh, – it was just rich because, you know, Covino yeah. has a Rona. And I was listening to that, listening to the Rams. What I, – I, I just can't believe it. Like, to get upset in prime time, Titans, no Derrick Henry – and it, yeah. it wasn't even a close game. Like, no. it was 21-3 at halftime, and Matthew Stafford had a couple costly picks, man. It, it was just insane to me. Keep going. Yeah, so the narrative of, of Matthew Stafford, you know, all, all of his naysayers and all those doubters of him, all of a sudden they come out of hibernation and they're pointing fingers at people and saying, hey, I, I told you so, I told you so. So for me, I think that is is the biggest thing. And then the, the health of Von Miller, and, you know, he was a game time decision dealing with that sprained ankle. How is he going to be used for the Rams? Like, I'll tell you one thing, Emmett, the Rams are making no bones about it. They're all in on this season. Oh. It doesn't matter. Oh, for second. sure. With that Von Miller trade. Yeah, that yeah. definitely shows they're going, you know, go big or go home. You know, the, yeah, clearly all- the Rams don't like draft picks. They're having a very interesting, you know, strategy, and it's worked the past couple of years. Make it to the playoffs at one Super Bowl with Goff, and I was a big, you know, fan of the Matthew Stafford trade at the time. I mean, I on Fox Sports Radio on Twitter talking to uh, Perfet Chris P about it. I I was a huge fan because Matthew Stafford, you know, hasn't really had the opportunity of having a stacked team around him. And I, man, this is making me cringe talking about this because I'm a Seahawks fan, but I try not to be biased. I'm more biased yeah. towards the Niners, honestly. Um, I'll, I'll call, sometimes I'll call him Rip uh, Rich Davis, but, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, um, I was super, you know, big fan of this trade. And as a Seahawks fan, I did put the bias pick in, but I'm not going to lie. I was worried, very yeah. worried about Matthew Stafford and it's, you know, working out him and Cooper cup have found that bond. Yeah. Cooper cup is one of the most underrated players out there. Oh. He, I, I don't know why he doesn't get the respect. I actually watched, this is interesting. I mean, I got to follow a Cooper cup. So when I was in Spokane working at the local affiliate up there in CBS, he was from Washington, would, right? Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. He's from Washington. Dude, he, dude was so under recruited. Nobody wanted him. He ends up at Eastern Washington, which they have that red field, the red turf. And Bo Baldwin is the head coach, and he's an awesome head coach. He went on to be the offensive coordinator at, at Cal, and it, it didn't work out. But 
Eastern Washington was in there at the FBS or FCS level, and they were a national championship threat every year. And the amount of extraordinary catches from Cooper Cup at Eastern Washington, I was like, there's no way this guy's not going to get to the NFL. And he took so many shots. Like, he would, I watched these hits he would take, Emmett. Injury prone, too. I mean. Yeah, and he was in college, too. But he was a battler, man. Like, his body, like. I, don't, I can't even imagine how many shots just in college alone that I saw him take, but the one-handed grabs, the ability to get open, the explosive plays, all of that was unfolding in college. And it's really cool when you get to watch people before their big time and you see them at a more humble spot in their lives. And you have this little inclination that one day they're going to be something special. And you can definitely tell with Cooper cup. Yeah. I, um, I tweeted this out. This is, I was telling you about uh, how Burst tried to cancel Bo on Twitter. This was exactly what this was. It was, I believe it, what was it, week seven or eight? I tweeted out, you can make a case that Cooper Cup is, you know, top five, probably best receiver in the league on Twitter. And, you know, you know, Bo, Bo Benson, Twitter troll. Of course. And anyone with a case, uh, anyone with eyes, a pair of eyes can make this case. And then, you know, Burst, it was, you know, I don't know if they're in the uh, studio together because Bur- I know Burst was producing. It was, you know, Red Zone Radio. And, sure. b- and then out of nowhere, Bo's like, yeah, Burst tried to cancel me for this. And, it, you know, it was just funny to me. But Cooper Cup, what yeah. he's doing this year is, you know, under, you know, rated. I mean, I Go feel like up. if this was like a bigger player, maybe like, a, you know, a DK Metcalf, if he had this. I mean, I, I think DK is mm-hmm. also pretty great. But if it was like a DK Metcalf or like, someone on the Buccaneers people like I bet on the odd cup on one of the topics is Cooper cup, the best receiver in football. And the, the guy he's always been good, but this year's just been crazy. Um, crazy yeah. good for him. And, you know, I hate to waste your time, but continue with some of your uh, thoughts on week nine. I'll ask you one more question. You got it. Uh, what were your, th- uh, if you have more thoughts on week nine, you go ahead. Oh, well, week nine. That, that honestly was, was my, my biggest takeaway. Yeah, that, that's a good takeaway with no Derrick Henry. I mean, Ryan Tannehill looked great. Um, and then the, the Kevin Byard, was it that guy got the pick six in like the second quarter? Yeah, yeah that might have been. Yeah. yeah, I think it was Byard because Collinsworth said something about it. I, I could be completely mistaken there. But uh, here's my last question. You've done yeah. many interviews uh I'm going to plug your Twitter real quick. Uh, this is Blindside Sports. Brian Fenley joining me. Get him on Twitter at Brian with a Y. Fenley. F-E-N-L-E-Y. Um, I believe that was Mike Harmon who started doing that. And I'm like, I, I have to do that because, <laughs> you know, sometimes I'll use like voice to text when I'm like on my phone because it's, you oh, know, sure. hard to like type, you know, as a blind dude. And it always spells your name with an I, like Brian No. So, <laughs> you know, I feel like people have that struggle. Of, okay, Brian with a Y. But anyway... What was the most touching interview to you, you know, emotionally or whatever that you've done on the on to something podcast or, you know, throughout your whole career? Oh, man, there have been some really good ones. Mine, I'll give you mine. Mine was yeah. for sure Jonas because there's times where I'd be, you know, down and I go listen to Jonas and just how much crap he's been through with like when he showed up to that interview and they didn't yep. interview him. And, yep. and he still like use that to like move on that just Jonas inspires me. I mean, one of the hardest working dudes in radio a while ago, he was working seven days a week, has a wife, you know, and is doing everything right in life. It, I was so happy when he got the job at, with two 
uh, pros in a cup of Joe, him, oh, Brady, yeah. Lavar. I was super hyped to see a uh, Lee, the lap get moved up. I love Lee, but I mean, sucks to see Danny. She get, you know, demoted to the weekends, but Jonas stands out to me. What stands out to you? Yeah. I mean, definitely when it comes to anything work related and looking for a pick me up, it is, it is Jonas Knox's story. And you know, the fact is he was at a crossroads. He pointed out that interview where he was supposed to have it and it didn't happen. And I'd encourage people to go back and type in his name and my name on YouTube. And I'll, go I'll back tweet and- it out. I'll tweet yeah, it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. MNOC04. Sure. I'll do it after this interview. It's had, you know, it's had, you know, it's had a couple thousand views for sure. So, you know, people are interested in his story. But on top of that, one of the, one of the stories that I definitely would go to would be a story about Amber Theo Harris. Oh, yeah. I, I remember that one. So, yeah, she used to be with the NFL Network, and she, you know, had... Professor at USC now. Professor at USC. And she said one of the best compliments I got, and this is what I, this is what I like. She said, I Oprah'd her. I and remember that. You and you posted everywhere about that on IG, yeah, Twitter. I yeah, I remember hearing that you post a lot of interviews. So you know, I kind of there's a lot of them that you know I'm just busy and sure. I watch most. I watch most of your clips because what you do, man, is just different. You need you know you deserve a lot more recognition than you get. I feel like you know, that, man, it's 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 a, it's a patient game. You know, it, it really. Oh, I yeah, trust me, I know that because. There's, you know, times of this show and back when I did my YouTube show before I found, you know, Anchor and, you know, interviews and stuff where I've so I had a YouTube channel. There's a kind of interesting story that I've had since, you know, 27, 16, 17. And I kept switching the, you know, theme of the channel up. It never really grew. I started like IRL, like vlog stuff, took that down, went over to uh, reaction commentary videos, took that down. Mm -hmm went over to gaming and then I was like okay I want to do sports podcasting but I didn't know much about podcasting so I started that wasn't a success and now on my anchor you know getting on Spotify I've kind of learned how to you know jump everything balance it and you know how to work the social media and I feel like this is probably my you know most successful project it's not even that successful it's growing but it you know definitely more to come and I hear where you're coming from with the patience game because there's times where you have like you know no plays one play and there's some episodes like that pop off with like you know 10 plays which isn't you know a lot for some people I believe 10 plays you know some people are like oh that's nothing but to someone who's just starting out to someone who you know has only been covering sports like this for like a year it's mind-blowing to think that 10 people care to take the time and listen to your podcast and hear your yeah. takes when they could be listening to Ben, they could be listening to Rob, they could be listening to you, Jonas, Undisputed, or First Take, you know, LeVar yeah. Arrington, like all these guys you could be listening to. And, you know, people take the time to listen to me. And it, it's just interesting. You, know, you bring up a good point. I think that the, the best thing is that some people, they get they, they lose hope when there's not the instant gratification of like a lot of people, you know, listening to it right away. If you look at some of the biggest names in podcasting and you look at some of the humble starts of them, it's by them staying with it. 
you know, because yep. it's so, if you're not getting what you think, you're not getting the eyeballs or the attention, it's so easy to say, some people are just not in it. Like some people, they, they, they can't do it unless there's instant gratification. And I feel like that's the way our society is right now. So there's not as much patience out there, but if you can be patient, build something, it takes time, learn to grow. I'm learning along the way too. I mean, I, I, I oh, we all are, we all are. So, but not to give up too early. Cause I think too many, sometimes people just like, they realize, ah, oh, man, this is not, my first episode is not viral. I got it. What am I doing? You know? And, I, and they don't really, it takes time to build something for sure. Yeah. Uh, those, those were great, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on this podcast. Um, hope, you know, hope people listen to it. I hope, you know, you have a great day, Brian. Can't wait to hear you uh, filling for Tim Cates. And are you oh, working? Thanks. Are you are you working the overnight this weekend on Fox Sports Radio? Because I know. Doing, yeah, one. Well, I'm doing. Let's see. Eddie is going to be out. There's a Steelers Chargers game. I think Sunday night on the. Gosh, what day is that? Not this Sunday. Coming up the next Sunday, so I'll be in for him. I'll be in tomorrow from four to eleven. Uh, wait, you're not doing the Bruin Insider Show tomorrow? They're actually getting. They moved that to. They moved that to Wednesday, because. UCLA basketball has their first game of the season tomorrow as in November 9th. So it didn't make any sense to have the game and the show at the same time. Yeah, so we'll, I completely get that. Yeah. And what's nice about that is that because the show is moved, we get to be aired on AM 570 on Wednesday as opposed to 1150. So there's so many more people that'll be tuning into that. The great AM 570 LA sports, the blowtorch, yeah. as Jonas would say. <laughs> as, yeah. As you would say, yeah. Yeah. And, so. you know, Cool to see you, uh, you know, have success, man. Appreciate you jumping on Blindside Sports. Hope you have a good day, Brian. Thank you. Uh, oh, yeah, enjoyed the-, the time, man. It was really fun. I mean, can't thank you enough. I said it multiple times, but, you know, like we said before the meeting, thanks for helping out a small podcaster, Brian. It's really appreciated. Oh, I mean, I'm just grateful you thought of me, man. And let me know when this is up and I'll, and I'll repost it. And oh, I'll thank you, man. To, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I really appreciate it. I'm, you know, probably going to be up tomorrow or maybe tonight at midnight. That's okay. when I'm going to schedule it and I'll tweet it out. I'll, I'll even DM you the link too. So you can repost it, man. I really appreciate you doing this. Yeah, Have or, a good day. Yeah, for sure. Or, yeah. or I can also on top of it, I could just retweet your, well, yeah, either way. It all sounds great. Thank you so much again. Thank you, Brian.